Every Sunday, we gather to make much of Jesus through the preaching of God's Word, worship, and fellowship together. We would love for you to come join us. We have two services, one at 8.30 and one at 11, and Bible study for all ages at 9.45. We hope you will grow in your affection for Jesus with today's message. Thanks for listening. The Lord is great, right? Yep. Our sermon today is going to be from Revelation 5. The title is, Who is Worthy? So you can turn to Revelation 5. Who is Worthy? I want to thank the church. Thank you for letting me uh, speak today. My name is uh, Jason Gish. I am the uh, missions pastor here at First Baptist Church. Uh, Our pastor is away this morning, so uh, I I get to be here. And and, uh, you guys look pretty good. but I'm still nervous. Uh, but you know, that's just, that's just, that's just life. It's the way it is. So Revelation 5, uh, who is worthy? You know, it was one Sunday morning and he was just minding his own business, John was. He was just minding his own business there in the island of Patmos. He was in exile for the word of God. Just doing what he was doing on a Sunday morning, on the Lord's Day. It says in Revelation 1.10 that he was in the Spirit. Wondering what that means. I mean, was he just feeling it? Was he just feeling the worship that morning? There's probably some of that. I think in the Spirit, in this case, it was in this moment where he was, he was seeing things Beyond his current reality. Have you ever been zoned in on God so much? Maybe in a moment of worship on a Sunday morning or in your car or in your house, wherever you are, and you're just worshiping and, and everything else just literally falls away. You know, for me, when, when I'm in corporate worship, I, I do my best to zone in on God and to be, to be led, uh, uh, through worship. But there's so many times in my, myself, I'm just, I'm concerned about, like, I hope the people in front of me aren't bothered by my voice. Or maybe, man, I hope they like the way I sing and sound today, because man, my voice is sounding good. And I, I, sometimes I get, I can't get past my own self to just really like to let everything else just totally bleed away. And it's just God. And I, I think that's where John was this morning. He was, he was, he was zoned in on God. He was lost in his worship. He was in the spirit. And what a day, what a day this turned out to be for John. Have you ever had, have you ever had an idea or a vision just, just come to you all at once? You know, I like to, well, I say I like to, I, I like to write. I, I like to fancy that I might be a writer someday and I've, I've started novels. But I've never finished novels. Um, I have one novel that's about this, this, um, about a couple that's on a cruise ship and, and they're on their fifth wedding anniversary and, and in the middle of the cruise, the, the power on this ship just, just goes out. And, and then just the chaos that ensues from being on a, on a cruise ship when, when the power goes away, what happens? Uh, I have another novel about this guy. This novel's title is called Red Stitched Glory. Uh, and Red Stitched Glory is this guy uh, who's a, he's a veteran, but he's a young veteran, honorably discharged. Uh, 
he uh, is a baseball coach of a local youth baseball team. And uh, he's he's honored because he brought his team to the city championship and he's going to get to throw out the first pitch in the local pro baseball club. And um, so I kind of have that whole experience written out. And then I have the final chapter written out where he is, is sitting in his truck after whatever happens throughout the rest of the novel. I'm not even sure, but I know the end of the novel. At the end of the novel, he's sitting in his truck and he's with the general manager of that baseball team. And something crazy has happened where he just did so good on the first pitch that, that the general, or on the opening pitch, that the general manager had to sign this guy. And then there was some kind of Tom Clancy thing going on where the CIA comes in and there's like a terrorist that's wanting to, to attack the, that baseball club and their stadium. And this one guy not only saves everybody from the terrorist, but he saves that baseball club from a mediocre season. And, you know, it's just, so yeah, um, so those are half visions. Those are not full visions of novels. They just kind of have these stories. I think John, when he's in, in the island of Patmos and he's here and, he, and he's in the spirit and, and God shows him a vision. And we get the book of Revelation from that vision of what God showed John. Some people suggest that when Paul was on the uh, Damascus road, and he had the encounter with God that all of his theology, that everything, that, that, that everything just kind of fell into place for him in that moment. Um, I think John was very similar. It's just God gifted him with, I need to show you. I need to show you something, John. And so uh, John, John writes, and he writes to the seven churches. And then Revelation 4.1, it says he looked up. And he saw something that looked nearly unimaginable. There was a doorway, and it was a doorway to heaven. And this voice beckons down to him, and he says, Come, come and enter. I need to show you what must take place. Our pastor said in, in the pre- uh, uh, previous days, that our, is our world falling apart, or are things falling into place? Well, this this is a part, this revelation experience of John and what he saw is a part of the things falling into place. Revelation 4.2 says once again that he was in the spirit. And in Revelation 4.2, the setting changes. And now he's in the throne room of God. And there is this throne and there's this guy. There's this guy sitting on the throne. Revelation 4.3 uses earthly words to describe what he sees. But yeah, I can't. I'm sure that these earthly words do not do justice to what he saw, but what what John says he sees is there's this man on the throne. He looks like Jasper and Carnelian. He looks like precious gemstones. And around this throne is a a rainbow. And and this rainbow shines like a bright emerald. And then there is around this stone, there's also this this sea made of glass, and it looks like crystal. And, And just John is just doing his best to give us what he could see. But I know that one day when we see that for real, that it, whatever John said is not even going to be able to touch the incredibleness of that vision. And around that throne, it says that there's 24 other small thrones and that there's these 24 elders sitting on these thrones. And in between the main throne where thunder and lightning is, is bounding and in between that main throne and the 24 thrones are there's these four creatures one looks like uh, an ox. One looks like a lion. One looks like 
a man. Another looks like an eagle. And of course, they're, they're full of eyes and they have six wings. And these creatures, these creatures are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when the creatures sing this, the, <laughs> the elders, the elders, they bow down, they cast their crowns and sing, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and, and were created. So John is here. He is just worshiping on the island of Patmos. He's just doing what he does on the Lord's day, doing what he was supposed to be doing, devoting himself to the Lord. And God interrupts his life. He's in the spirit and God shows him his vision. I wonder what John was feeling. Why me, Lord? Why now? Thank you, God. Wow. I'm not worthy. John was probably feeling a whole lot of things. Revelation 5, 1 through 4 says this. Then I saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Then I saw in him... In the right, then I saw in the right, I need my reading glasses. I need to put these on. Just a second. Here we go. All right. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll to look into it. So there was this scroll there in verse one and, and John could see it. It was, it was in the hand of the, of the man sitting on the throne of God sitting on the throne. It was in his right hand and he could tell that this, this scroll, it had writing on it. He could see that there was text. And I'm sure that he was just desperate to know what was on the scroll. But it had seven seals. And so the angel proclaims, who is worthy to open the scroll? And they look and there's a search party. They look all throughout heaven. They look all throughout earth. They look all throughout under the earth. Which just to say is they looked everywhere they could look. And no one was found worthy. Not a single person. Not you, not, not you, not me. Nobody was found worthy. Not the angels. No one was found worthy. And you can just see and feel the tension in heaven building. And John, he must have been just just a, a, a tightly emotional person. And he's feeling it. And he's in the spirit. And, and the scripture just says he weeps. Who can do it? 
Somebody must. This has to go on. The, the time has to move on. The scroll has to be open. Somebody needs to do it. How will things move forward without anybody? And John is just weeping. The question for me and for you is who is worthy? Who is worthy? In one of the most monumental moments in future history. Because when these seals are broken, we know from reading the rest of Revelation that the beginning of the end times begins. It's it's there. Things get going. Things get rolling. Whatever you believe about Revelation, the sermon is not an end time sermon. I'm not intending to go there. But whatever you believe, when these seals are broken and that scroll is open and it begins to be read, the end times begin. In that monumental moment in future history, if we're looking for somebody who's worthy of that, Well, who's worthy of the here and now? Who's worthy to handle the concerns and successes of your life? Who is worthy to handle the, who is worthy to handle the affairs of life? Of your life? Of, of your family? Who's worthy to consider how you raise your children or your grandchildren? Or the way you relate to your mom and dad, however old they are? Who's worthy of these things? Who's worthy of your other relationships? Of the way you handle your friendships? The way you forgive? The way you rejoice with one another? The way you handle each other's burdens? Who's who's worthy of overseeing that in your life? Who is, who's worthy of your career? Who's worthy of your career choices? Whether it is time to begin your career or end your career. Whether it's time to get a new job or retire. Who is worthy of these things? Who's worthy of your education? Of what class you're going to take? How you're going to prepare for the future? What certification you should go after? What apprenticeship you should begin? Who is worthy to decide these things? Who is, who is worthy for your health? Whether you are perfect shape, you go to Planet Fitness seven times a week and, and you, uh, you do all the cardio and you do all the weights and you're fit and perfect and, and the, and your doctor gives you a good bill of health or whether you, uh, now are suffering with a disease that you're not sure, uh, you will die without. Who is worthy to handle these health concerns of your life? Who is worthy to handle your emotions? Whether you are emotionless, much like me, or whether you just feel things to the deepest part of your core. Who is worthy to handle how you handle your emotions? Who is, who is worthy to handle your money? Who is worthy to handle your future on earth and afterwards? Who is worthy? Well, who is? Is it, is it ourselves? Is it our family? Is it our friends? Is it your screen? Is it your news source? Is it your boss, your spouse, your parents, your children, your counselor? Who is worthy to handle these things in your life? I would say, I would submit to you, yes, that many of these people are worthy to pour into your life, to speak into your life. And they are worthy if they are pointing you to the one who is worthy. Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Revelation 5, verses 5 and 6. And one of the elders 
said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So if the problem is who is worthy, the solution. So there's an elder. He taps John on the shoulder, does something, gets his attention as he's weeping. As you know, somebody who is weeping and mourning, sometimes it is difficult to get their attention, to, to snap them out of it. So I'm sure that the elder has to do something. He shakes him, taps his shoulder, grabs him. John, John, don't despair. Look, look at that one right there. Look, look at him. He's there. The, the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the, the lion, the lion has the right to rule. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he is there. The, the root of David, the ideal king, look at him. He's there. And in the, in the midst of the majesty of the throne, between the creatures and between the throne, is this, this other being. That has appeared. John sees him. He sees his old friend. He sees the man that he joked with for about three years. The man that he walked with. The man that he spent time with. The man that knew him better than anybody else. He saw his rabbi standing there. It was his rabbi. He saw his teacher standing there. The man who taught him everything he knew. He saw his Lord there. His Lord was standing there. The man that he had bowed down to as the Christ was there. And yet John didn't refer to him as any of those titles. Instead, John refers to him as the slain lamb of God. Because in that moment, that's what was most important. Bearing the marks of slaughter. He was standing there. And scripture in verse 5 says that this one conquered. What did the man in the middle, what did the slain lamb conquer? He, He conquered sin, not his own sin. He conquered our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might come, that we might become the righteousness of God. He conquered sin and he conquered death as evidenced by his resurrection in the great exchange, our sin for his righteousness, our life for his life. And the elder proclaims that that's what makes him worthy. The slain lamb who was found worthy to open the scroll The slain lamb that initiates the final days is the same slain lamb who is worthy to take our lives. Just as he breaks the seals and open the scrolls, so too is this slain lamb worthy to open our own lives. In John 10.10, scripture says, 
that we will have a full life in Christ. In Philippians 4, 7, says we can receive a peace beyond understanding. In Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 11, we can have a life with purpose and meaning. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, a life marked with power and love and self-control. In John 16, 33, yes, it says that we are going to have trouble, but that God will be with us in trouble. In Matthew 28, in Hebrews uh, 13, 5, God will be with us. This slain lamb of God, the lion, the root. These things... Make him worthy. So we have a problem, whatever it may be, whatever, whatever that thing is that makes you stay awake just a little bit longer at night. It could be one of those things I mentioned early, family, money, your future, your, your major choices in life, whatever they are. I'm telling you right now, if the slain lamb is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll in the future days. He is worthy to take your life right now and use it and make it something incredible. What is our response? So the problem was who is worthy and we have the solution in the slain lamb in Jesus. Well, what is the response in Revelation chapter five, verses seven? Here we go. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him, was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. The prior songs were for the uh, the throne, the man on the throne. These songs now are for the lamb. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you were uh, you were ransomed, you were ransomed people from, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. To receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven, on earth and under earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Verse 7, the slain lamb approaches the throne. Verse 8, the tension mounts as beings bow and worship. In verse 9, the new song shifts its focus to the one worthy to take the scroll. In verse 9, why? Because of the blood. In verse 9, God's vision. Every tribe, every language, every people, every nation will be in heaven. It'll be one nation in heaven, one kingdom, all servants of God. And John hears some angels singing, praising God, and then more and more angels singing and giving glory to God. And then everything else in creation, singing and worshiping and give glory to God. 
and the four living creatures saying, may it be so. Worship. The declaration of him being worthy, that's the proper response. Whether it's your family or relationships or your career or your health or your emotions or your money or your future, there is only one who is really worthy to handle the affairs of life, and it is the slain lamb of God. Which side of this do you want to be on? Which side of God's vision do you want to be on? If you are not a follower of Jesus today, if, if you're not a believer, you hear you, you have chosen to attend First Baptist Belton. This could be your first time or, or maybe you have attended several times and you're here and, and you're just trying to figure it out. Is this Jesus thing real? I tell you, Philippians uh, 2.10 says that there will come a day that every knee, every knee is going to bow to the Lord and confess him. As the Lord. There's going to be a day that everybody's going to do that. So my question for you is, which side of this vision do you want to be on? Do you want to make that choice now when it can make a difference in your life? When it can make a difference in your eternity? Would you bow and worship Jesus as Lord and admit that, yes, I am not God. I don't have any right to be on my own throne. I'm not worthy to be there. My choices have have brought me to this place where I am seeking God. I know I need him. I recognize myself as a sinner. Why not now? Why not today? Why not be on the right side of God's vision? Because it's going to happen now or it's going to happen in the future. You're, you're, you're at some point, you will bow down and confess him as Lord. Why not today? The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can bank on that because he's worthy. To the believers in this room, you've been following Christ for a week, a year, for 50 years. For more. Which side of God's vision do you want to be on? Do you want, do you want to be on the side of God's vision that makes the effort that every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation will be in heaven? Or are you content just to sit back and continue to live life as we've lived it? Are you content to just say, yeah, I give God some things? Are you can, don't be content with that. There's so much more. God has given the vision. God has given the vision. Am I saying, am I saying that you maybe should give up uh, one of your precious vacation weeks to go on a mission trip? I mean, am I saying that? Yes, I am saying that. Um, are, am I saying, saying that you should stop going to $5 Starbucks and maybe get the 50 cent Burger King coffee? Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, am I, am I, am I saying that you should give up your life? Give up what you enjoy? I can tell you this. Man, when you're walking with God and you're living in the vision that He has given for mankind, whatever life you have now that you're enjoying, because I'm, I'm certain that you are, it's gonna be so much better when you join God in His vision. Come on. So there you have it. We have a problem. Who is worthy? Well, we're in church. You know, the solution is Jesus, the slain lamb of God. What's your response? That's the question. 
How will you respond to the call today? In a moment, I'm going to be on the floor. And I'd be happy to receive you. If you're seeking Jesus, if you're saying, you know what? I have been thinking about it. I'm tired of dating him. I want to marry him. I'm tired of just kind of trying to learn about him a little bit. I'm ready to make the commitment. I'll be here to receive you. There'll be a member of our staff here and they can help you make that decision. They can walk you through what that means. If you're a believer in here, just let God deal with you as he's dealing. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are the Lord who is worthy. That we can trust you with every bit of our lives because you, 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 you complete a work here on earth and you're going to complete work on heaven. And so, Lord, because of that, we just we trust you as the Lord of all. We trust you as the Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. First Baptist Belton is relocating. To learn more, to give, and to stay up to date on the progress, visit www.faithfulfuture.net.